My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask your pardon for my sins and the grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. Jesus, in the Gospel of today, talks about heaven. He's always talking about heaven. And now that we are preparing for Christmas, it is good to think about heaven. And our Lord makes a parable, sort of a parable, that at the beginning looks a little scary, to be honest. But when you connect it with the first reading, the second reading, you understand the whole point, And it's wonderful. Jesus says, be alert, be watchful, because you do not know, you do not know, pressures. Thousands of years ago, faithful people of Israel were dreaming about what we are now enjoying, our, the reality of the gospel, the Eucharist, many things, the parables that you know from the gospel, the prodigal son, the lost sheep, Jesus interacting with sick people, with sinners. A God that became man was a scandal back then, and it should be a scandal for now, too, because it's so beautiful that breaks our mindset, so to speak, and, and puts us in a reality that is beyond our dreams. So from the very beginning of this Advent, Jesus, my Lord, I want to put myself in the shoes of the people in the Old Testament faithful Israelites that uh, didn't know anything. And generation after generation, families were celebrating the Passover or the festivities of the Jewish traditions with an expectation of something that they didn't know. That's why the Gospel of today's Mass makes complete sense. Is Our Lord is talking about heaven, and He says, be watchful, be alert. But not because he's a policeman or a judge or a metal detector. God is not a metal detector. God is not against you, against me. On the contrary, he's saying, open your eyes. How can I explain my relationship with God? And our Lord in the Gospel says, it is like a man traveling abroad, leaving his home. And then he gives you his possessions. And you need to wait. And this is your vocation. God coming into this world, creating you, and then giving you freedom. His possessions means probably his image, the possibility of uh, changing the world, your talents, your capacities, whatever you have is a gift from God. And then our Lord is not bossy. It's not just checking. It's not a helicopter mom. He's giving you freedom. And that's the possession that you have from God. And, and then you can do whatever you want. Because our Lord leaves you space to develop, to unfold, to discover, to explore. So that's the first thing. To be very grateful for my vocation to exist, my vocation to freedom. And then our Lord says that uh, during the time being, you need to be alert. But it's not an alert in the sense of um, 
being scared or in tension because God will come back at any moment and then God you. God is not a metal detector. Sometimes we have this idea that uh, God is against us and that's coming from Satan, not from him. Our Lord is enjoying you. If you, re- if you read the book of wisdom, it says that uh, my delight is to be with the children of men. So I don't know how you picture the blessed Trinity, but maybe this is an example that can help you. It's like the blessed Trinity watching the TV show of your life. How does the Trinity rest watching the show of your life? Binging almost because he really liked you. And that's a mystery. Why do you like me so much, my Lord? I will never understand why. But this is what you said in the book of wisdom, that my delight is to be with you. And then Advent is this encounter, is a preparation for an encounter. Is God coming to see you, to be with you, to be with me. What a treasure. And it is good if we ourselves go back in time during Advent and leave those years that the people of Israel were expecting the Messiah. Like a dream. They were dreaming about seeing God. They were dreaming about what we have. So let's go back. And if you read today in the first reading, it says that no ear has ever heard nor I has ever seen what God has prepared for us. And it's something that St. Paul will later quote in one of his letters about heaven. And it is very important that I, I be aware of this. There's no, nothing that can describe the encounter between men and, and God. And maybe the first reaction that you have, that we have, when we think about heaven or the invitation from God is, is this for me? Do I deserve this? Am I making the cut? And uh, the other day I was on my car, in my car, it was jam traffic, and um, and then I listened to this song. It was the radio. I think the name of the band is The Chainsmokers. And the name of the song, I think, is something like this, something just like this. Or, and uh, the lyrics are quite good because it says that... Uh, is about this relationship as well, and uh, and uh, is I think someone in love with a girl or something like that, and and then there's a question: How much you want to risk? How much do you want to risk in this relationship, right? And even me think because the answer is pretty good. I mean, it's not Saint Augustine, maybe, but it's pretty good. It says, "I'm not looking for somebody with some superhuman gifts." some superhero, some fairy tale bliss. I'm just looking for somebody that I can turn to, somebody that I can miss, somebody that I can kiss. And uh, that's pretty good because it's similar to what God is saying today in the gospel, in my opinion, with all due respect. God is not asking you to be perfect. God is inviting you to a relationship with Him. And maybe your vocation, and sometimes we think that our vocation has to do with our talents, with our capacities, even with our generosity. And then God will call me to something wonderful. But let me tell you something. Your vocation is not about what you have, what we have. Your vocation is precisely what you don't have. 
That's your vocation. God is covering for you. God is telling you, I love you before you were aware of that. And I'm preparing for you something special, an encounter, a friendship that is unconditional. Do we realize about this? My Lord, that is so wonderful. And when you today in the gospel are talking about someone going on a trip to a you know, foreign country and giving me time, the possibilities of uh, taking care of the world that you have created, it is such a great gift. And the paradox here is that uh, even if sometimes we don't trust God, the funny thing is that he trusts us. You trust me. You give me everything. You don't expect anything special from me, but just my love. And the Advent is the preparation for me to realize about that. That you are coming to this world to call me to happiness. And maybe during the next weeks, Jesus, I want to meditate on my vocation. My vocation is my relationship with you in this world. My calling to happiness. San Jose Maria on October 2nd, 1928, saw that you, every single human being, is called to a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Wherever you are right now, in any stage of life, in any situation, God is calling you to be his friend. And, uh, and you don't have to do anything. You need to, uh, just to answer, to open your heart to him, to allow him to love you. And it's not that easy sometimes to allow someone to love you, Right? Because you may think that if you open your heart, your existence to other person, you will be vulnerable. That person may enter and then see nasty things in your heart or dirty or, or dark. And uh, you, we need to trust that the person entering will respect us. And we do it with friends or if you are dating someone or even in a relationship at a human level, when you get deeper, there's a moment of vulnerability. And it's great. It's the only way to love. We, we, if we don't risk, we cannot love. And if we do it with human beings, and it's a wonderful experience, imagine with God. So maybe these next weeks, the first thing is to ask the Holy Spirit to open our hearts, to allow Him the Holy Spirit to enter, to clean the house, so to speak. Because then he will provide. Many times, I think, uh, when we picture Bethlehem Christmas, uh, it's good, but uh, we do that, but uh, we think about the gifts that we're providing for God. And it's great. We should keep doing that because I think it's great for, for our hearts to be more generous. But many times we need to start prior to that with the gifts that he's bringing to us. What are your gifts, Jesus, my Lord? What's the, the dream of God the Father about me? The dream about me that God the Father has from eternity? What is, the, what is the intention of the Holy Spirit from the moment of confirmation, baptism? What are his intentions with me? Are they great or not? And then we need to go there and say, okay, if the Holy Spirit is entering into my conscience, what does he have in mind? This is very important that we realize that the blessed Trinity wants to take possession of us to make us happy. 
Pope Benedict actually in a beautiful homily regard or related to Christmas says that God is a God of surprises. The God of surprises. You surprise me with gifts that go beyond my imagination. And today in this first Sunday of Advent, I want to talk about three gifts that come from God. The first one comes when we are blind, not physically, but it can be spiritually speaking an experience for all of us. I am blind when I don't see God behind things. Not that I become atheist, but maybe a little agnostic. Some years ago, I watched this movie, 1917, about two friends during First World War that needed to go through enemy lines. I think it's based on a true story. To deliver a mission, a message to the other side, a battalion that is about to fall into a trap. And there's a moment where they go through a cave and one of them steps on a mine or close to a mine and then there's an explosion and he becomes blind and very scared, obviously. The noise, the confusion. So they're running out of the cave and uh, the trench or whatever it is. And there's a moment that they need to jump. There's a hole, a crack on the ground. And then he's really scared. And his friend tells him, you need to trust me. We need to jump now. And then he panics. I cannot do this. And at some moment, the friend grabs him from the arm and then let's do it one, two, three. And it's a beautiful moment of a bonding experience of tears, blood, pain, confusion, and friendship. God knows that sometimes we are blind and scared. And for that moment, he provides the gift of faith. So right now, you can tell Jesus, Jesus, increase my faith. Give me the virtue of faith. That is not a virtue for when I am perfect, I believe in the Eucharist. No, it's a, it's a, it's a virtue that I need when I am blind and confused. The second big temptation that we have in our path towards Jesus Christ is to be discouraged. We may see a little bit better with faith, but then there's another reality that we kind of experience, our defects. Not only that the world is difficult or temptations, but even sins. Myself, around me, and then the temptation of discouragement. I don't know if you have uh, read those dreams that St. John the Bosco had. There's one that is very well known where he was walking with Jesus. It was a symbol of his life. They were watching. They were walking through a beach and then they, they saw the footsteps of two people walking together. And then Jesus was telling him, look, I'm always accompanying you. This is the story of your life. I'm always by, by, by your side. And they would walk to see the whole thing the whole symbol, and at the moment, at the in some moment, there, there was only one person's footsteps. And then John the Bosco said, ah, look, this is the time that you left me alone, and I remember I was so worried, and I was so discouraged because I didn't have the strength. And then you know the answer, probably. Jesus told him, no, 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 no. This is the moment, precisely when you were so bad, so, so wounded or discouraged, that I needed to carry you in my arms. And those footsteps are not yours, are mine. Because you needed me so madly. And I was so happy 
to carry you to the next destination in your life, to the next moment that you will be able to mature or to be able to walk by yourself or by my side. That's so important. Faith allows you to see. Hope allows you to just trust that this is possible, not because of you, not because of me, but because we have Jesus. I have you, my Lord. I'm walking towards you, and even in the process, I have you by my side. You are both my destination and my company. What a wonderful reality. God is not just awaiting for you on Christmas Day or in the Resurrection Day or when you die. No, he's walking with you at the same time, the destination and the way. What a powerful reality to meditate on. You are with me all the time. Remember, I will be with you always until the end of time. And the third big temptation is when we are wounded in our hearts by other people, by events, even by things that we attribute to God, and then we are wounded. And then we fall into a lack of charity or a lack of, you know, any desire to do anything, almost indifference. And we lock our hearts into a cage, into a safe place. C.S. Lewis says like in a coffin. And there your heart corrupts, gets infected because there's no air, there's no growth, no light. And then we avoid any human contact maybe for a while because we prefer not to suffer because we're wounded. And uh, the reaction is understandable. I think we all had more or less gone through that. But at the same time, we know that it's not the exit, it's not the solution. I Again, I was listening to radio the other day, to the radio in my car, and there was this song by Taylor, Taylor Swift. I wonder if she knows that I am quoting her right now. But anyway, I think... The name of the song is Trouble, 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 or something like that. Anyway, so there is a moment in the song that she makes, she, she makes a dialogue, a monologue, and she's reflecting on something. I don't know if you have heard that, but she's reflecting about this relationship that she had with a boyfriend or whatever. And then she says, the problem is not that I was, the problem is not that I lost him. The problem is that I lost myself. It's pretty good. Again, it's not St. Augustine. Maybe it's not the father of the church either, but it's pretty interesting. The problem many times is not that I lost him. It's that I lost myself. And I'm confused. I'm in a maze, in a labyrinth, with my own thoughts, my own solutions, my things that I can control. And I reduce reality to that, and it's so small. If reality depends on what I can think or imagine or control, reality becomes really, really small and stifling. On the other hand, precisely because I have wounds, precisely because I'm, I'm hurt, I need a doctor. I need healing. And I go to you, my Lord. There are these words of uh, the gospel that are so consoling. I don't think you can find anything better than that. Three words that Jesus pronounced 
for you. And they are, come to me. Come to me. Come to me, all who are labored, tired, discouraged, wounded. Just three words, come to me. And maybe in this first Sunday of Advent, I want to listen to those words because they are music to me. Come to me. They are light to me. They are the best medicine, my Lord. And as usual, we end up our time of prayer talking to the Blessed Virgin Mary. If there is someone that can tell you things about Christmas, it's her. In these last weeks of her pregnancy, Mary was so beautiful always, but I think when a woman is pregnant, it's especially beautiful, wonderful. Her motherhood, her pregnancy makes her especially, you know, attractive and and beautiful. Yeah, that's the thing. And if that happens to all women in the world, imagine the Blessed Virgin Mary, a young girl with St. Joseph, about to see the baby inside her wound for the first time. Imagine the excitement of Mary. Imagine the dialogue between her and Jesus. So maybe ask the Blessed Virgin Mary to show you Jesus, to dream about our Lord, to prepare your heart to be opened. You don't need to do anything. You should not be scared, afraid, or anything like that, because he's coming to heal. He's coming to kiss each one of your wounds and to heal them and to give you you the strength, the optimism of his presence, the light of the world. My mother, help me to enter into a dialogue with Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit, with the Father, during the next weeks, preparing for Christmas. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations that you have communicated to me in this meditation. I ask your help to put them into effect. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me.